each order at five o'clock. This is our regularly scheduled council meeting today, Tuesday, January 23rd. Uh, the city council also acting as the successor agency, the redevelopment agency, the Rialto Utility Authority, and the Rialto Housing Authority. Madam City Clerk, may we have a roll call? Mayor Robinson. Present. Mayor Pro Tem Caracello. Present. Councilmember Scott. Present. Councilmember Baca. Present. City Attorney Eric Bell. Present. Acting City Manager Aaron Brown. Present. Okay. At 5 p.m. And so with that, I would ask our council if you would like to lead us into closed session. I'd be happy to do that, Mayor. Only two items on your closed session today. Uh, conference with legal counsel with regard to one matter of anticipated litigation. It's a claim for money by the Manager Corporation. And your second item is a conference with your labor negotiators uh, with regard to the employee organizations listed. That's it. Okay. No, one, no one in the audience, no comments. Uh, None that I can see. Okay, I will entertain a motion to move. Moved by Councilmember Baca Sr. and seconded by Mayor Pro Tem uh, Carazales. Any objections? If not, we're in closed session, 5.01 p.m. Good evening, I would like to call this meeting to order. This is the regular scheduled council meeting for 
uh, Rialto today at 6.30 p.m. Regular scheduled meeting, January 23rd. City of Rialto also acts, acting as the successor agency of the Redevelopment Agency and acting as the Rialto Utility Authority and covering for the Rialto Housing Authority. Madam City Clerk, could you please give us roll call? Mayor Robertson. Present. Mayor Pro Tem Paratellis. Present. Councilmember Baca. Present. Councilmember Trujillo. Present. Councilmember Scott. Present. City Treasurer uh, Correa. Present. City Attorney Eric City Bell. Present. And Acting City Manager Eric Bell. And I'm going to let the record Eric trip. who? Aaron, Aaron. I'm sorry. Um, I was going to have an easy night. Aaron Brown? <laughs> no, no. Well, the, I was thinking the uh, baseball player from New York. Oh, God. No, oh, he's I'll, not I'll, here, I'll, though. I'll, I'll come back to Rialto. Okay. <laughs> not the Lakers, but I mean, let me call. Let me get him in. Acting city manager Aaron Brown. And I also want to let the record reflect that Councilmember Trujillo arrived in closed session at 5.05. Thank you. And present. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, with that, I will ask that people would stand and join Councilmember Trujillo as he provides the Pledge of Allegiance, followed up by invocation with Pastor Moses uh, Baranjo. Got it. Close. Sunrise Church. Okay. Ready to raise your hand, uh, your right hand over your heart. Ready to begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this meeting that is about to take place tonight, Lord. I pray for every man and woman that's in this room, Lord, for our officials of our city, Lord. I pray that you will guide them with wisdom, Lord, with your presence, Lord, as they make difficult decisions, Lord, that are pertaining to our city, Lord. I pray that you give them wisdom, Lord. I pray that you give them discernment, Lord, as they talk manners and things that are related, Lord, of importance, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that they always keep the hearts, Lord, focused in what's best for us, Lord, as a community, and that they always keep the heart focused, Lord, in helping, resourcing, Lord, and being there for the people of Rialto. I pray also that you bless this meeting and the outcome of it. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Father. Amen. Okay, thank you. So now we will move to um, our city attorney and he can report out of closed session. Mayor, we had two items on our closed session this evening. The first was a conference of legal counsel with regard to one item of anticipated litigation. You had a briefing from the uh, acting city manager and uh, legal counsel and there was no reportable action on that item. Your second item was a conference with labor negotiators. Uh, you did have a meeting with your labor negotiators uh, with regard to the uh, collective bargaining groups mentioned. You gave direction to your labor negotiators, uh, but there's no reportable action at this time. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Council. All right. We're moving now to presentations and proclamations. 
and uh, we I don't see anything that's formally on uh, on the agenda but I just would like to take the opportunity even though it's not formal to acknowledge that uh, on behalf of my family member and a relative it was uh, January 13th was the one-year anniversary for Deputy Sheriff uh, Darnell Calhoun, who was with Riverside Sheriff Department. He was my second cousin, his dad being, no, he's actually third, his dad was my second, and his grandfather was my first. Uh, one year of his passing, and there was a memorial, and I just would like for our records to reflect the acknowledging that public safety is, is a tough act, but nonetheless, they they go forward doing it. So anyone else have anything that you want to say or cover under pup, uh, pup presentations, proclamations? If not, uh, oral communications. I have none. We have none. Well, we won't wait till the end of it. I'm going to jump ahead and let's wish our council member Joe Baca Sr. a happy birthday today. Thank you very All right. much. All right. Clap. Happy birthday. The cake is in the, in the, in the, <laughs> anyway, okay. Moving to the consent calendar, is there any items uh, that anyone wants to point out or anything that I need to be noted of, council? Uh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I just wanted to uh, pull, uh, for just comments, E7, the Rialto Habitat Nature Center. Okay. Move approval. Second, uh, Mayor, just I, just, second. I did want to note, just Let me, as a note. I have clerk, a motion and a second, but okay, uh, go I right ahead. I just wanted to note on item E1, that's ordinance 1690, it's the salary survey. We have corrected and inserted a page in the ordinance so that the effective date is December 15th, 2024. Okay, and um, I did have something, but I think it, it might be a tab item, but I thought, if I'm not mistaken, that I'd like to discuss. All right, thank you. I thought something, and I, I will uh, abstain on that. But I also thought that it might be a tab item, uh, the release for a proposal, maybe for. Well, I had some concerns with an item that we had <clears throat> for the one-stop shop. I was trying to see, was that on, maybe it's in one of our tabs. So uh, I have a motion by Councilmember Baca and a second by Mayor Pro Tem Carazales. Any objections or wait before we do that, would you like to speak to E7? <laughs> yes, I would. Thank you so much, Mayor. No, I, I wanted to uh, just reiterate with staff. I know that we're moving along and we're already um, kind of looking at the building. Um, with the Rialto Habitat Nature Center. Mm -hmm. uh, wanted to make sure that our Rialto Teen Center, um, you know, our teens in that program are able to have some type of input on, on this uh, Habitat Nature Center. Uh, the target really is families, and so I just wanna make sure our young people have some type of perspective that they can offer on uh, the design and um, kind of what will be included in the center. So I just wanna make sure that they're consulted with. We do have a group that meets at the Rialto Teen Center. I don't think Thank that's you. a problem. Understood. No, I think uh, we've been working with students uh, along the way through utilities and we spoke with the school district. And so if the team center has not been a part of it, we will make certain that they can be inclusive. Okay. Great. Thank you. No problem. 
Uh, with that, uh, any objections to the motion? Hearing none, motion carries. Now, um, I notice uh, we have a public hearing that we needed, and when I looked at the, the Legistar, we had tab two before tab one. But then I see, uh, it was on Legistar, but now I see that it's back to, to tab one, so we will open this for a public hearing. And staff is going to be presenting, I believe it's going to be fire department, so would you step forward, please? Good evening, Madam Mayor, uh, members of the City Council, colleagues in the great community of Rialto. My name is Chris Jensen. I'm the Division Chief Fire Marshal for the City. Tonight we have brought before you Resolution 8179 and the first reading of Ordinance 1691 proposing to adopt the 2022 California Fire Code with local amendments and the appendices B, C, D, H, N, and O pursuant to Health and Safety Code Section 17958 and Government Code Section 50022. The 2022 California Fire Code is based on the 2021 International Fire Code as adopted by the State of California, which requires and permits local adoptions with amendments, additions, and deletions based on four express findings, administration, climate, topographical, and geological conditions that impact our ability to protect life and fire safety within the community of Rialto. The 2022 California Fire Code is composed, com, comprised of 80 chapters that is debated on the code floor triannually by industry, developers, code officials, and private parties across the United States prior to being adopted and amended at the state level. Move approval, ma'am. This is the yeah. public hearing. We, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, um, and I was just going to say that, uh, uh, Fire Marshal, I would let it be a brevi uh, brevity, but because it is a public hearing, I appreciate you going to read the, the whole summary so people will have, have yes. it in the record, okay? Yes, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> um, as adopted and amended at the state level, code amendments locally must be equal to or greater than that adopted by the state and must not be less restrictive. Appendices must be adopted specifically by the local ju jurisdiction to have the full force and effect of law, which we have included in Ordinance 1691. Within the proposed California Fire Code adoption to the city of Rialto, we have amended only six of the 80 chapters and one of the six appendices proposed for adoption. These chapters proposed for amendments are within chapter one, which is the administrative chapter that focuses on permits, internal business processes, records, and chapter two, which adds some definitions. Chapter three is general requirements relating to open flames, vacant premises and buildings, general storage hazards to firefighters and special uses. And chapter five addresses fire service features such as fire access, access to buildings, NOx boxes, fire protection water systems, and emergency responder radio coverage. Chapter nine is completely dedicated to fire protection systems and chapter 33, the final chapter with amendments addresses fire safety during construction and demolition. The one appendices amended is appendix B relating to fire flow requirements, which are based on construction types and square footage. 
and allows for reduction for the installation of automatic fire sprinkler systems that are installed throughout buildings. Based on the 2022 California Fire Code, the reference standards found in Chapter 80 and the proposed local amendments as attached in Ordinance 1691 and supported by the express findings found in Resolution uh, 8179, we believe this provides the necessary life and fire safety regulations for the City of Rialto. Based on the proposed amendments, we would request the mayor to open the public hearing and hear public testimony. And following the public hearing, request the city council to introduce for first reading ordinance 1691, adopting by reference the 2022 California Fire Code and certain amendments, deletions, and additions, deleting chapter 15.28 of the Rialto Municipal Code, and add a new chapter 15.28 as presented here tonight. Secondly, we would request the City Council adopt resolution number 8179, setting forth express findings for local amendments to the 2022 California Fire Code. I'd be happy to answer any questions the City Council may have and am prepared to work with members of the public that may have questions or comments regarding this council item. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, this is a public hearing and uh, this is when we would have anyone who would like to speak on the uh, item to please come forward. Uh, Madam City Clerk, is there anyone who has expressed an interest for it? Move to close public hearing. It's been Second. moved to close public hearing by Councilmember Trujillo, seconded by uh, Councilmember Baca. Uh, any objections? I, Hearing none. I do have and a now question. Now it's open. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Let me close it. All right. <laughs> now you. Have All right. I, I, I have a question about um, you know we we've had a number of kind of red um, taggings of some of our apartment buildings in the past and you know, seniors being kind of left out into the streets. Um, you know, my biggest question since some of those incidents have happened is, you know, at what point can, you know, the the um, clubhouses, for example, be like emergency kind of um, centers for those that have um, been affected by fires and have been red tagged, um, just so that they can kind of collect themselves um, and I was, and I think one of the questions was, you know, it, it, again, they have to have the sprinklers to be considered emergency uh, center. Do you see the state kind of going in a direction uh, to kind of address this or, or, you know, what are we doing to kind of help uh, people who are displaced, uh, you know, in those multi uh, units uh, that have these kind of um, clubhouses that really are being used during these emergencies? Yeah, so there's um, two, two separate issues here. One okay. is related to an emergency situation involving a fire scenario. Mm -hmm. um, and we utilize Red Cross um, in order to provide um, temporary housing um, while they work with insurance and uh, different parties, um, you know, to, to get back into a habitable uh, situation. Um, as it relates to emergency management and sheltering um, in those types of instances, um, there's a variety of requirements that go into what can and what can't be. Um, sometimes it's changing the name of it to a reception center versus a shelter because a shelter indicates you'd be sleeping and, and having sleeping arrangements. Mm -hmm. And so there are some, there are some challenges with that. Um, but we continue to work with um, our partners in Red Cross who actually run shelters. Um, and trying to identify different locations within the city. Okay, I, I just wanted to make sure there was an opportunity for, you know, some of our residents that may be displaced in those situations. Yes. Because I think we've had it in the past and they never really had an opportunity uh, to do that. 
Yes, we, like I said, we work closely with Red Cross to ensure if, if people are in need of housing for emergency purposes, um, that they come out and they usually provide um, hotel or motel vouchers for temporary housing. Great, thank you. Yes. Okay, I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Okay, um, you covered a number of uh, chapters and codes, and I know that in the last year or so, we've had uh, some things that have come forward, I believe, by the either state uh, wildlife uh, or department, used to be fishing game, now they call it something else, and the federal level uh, with regards to fire zones. And so as you were going through all of that, and today when I was out, actually, uh, I know that along Lytle Creek, we have now had a designated fire zone, which pretty much affects uh, what we can develop. Was that, under all those chapters, was one of those amending it to take into effect the fact that there is now these uh, certain areas within the fire zone and they need to have a certain setback before we can develop it? Because as you were reading off all the chapters, I was like, okay, I didn't go read all the chapters, right. um, nor were they all here. But that came up today, and I think we, from a development standpoint, will be having to factor that in. But I know. Uh, some of us will recall when we did have a fire up there and a fire jumped from across the Lytle Creek side over to up against Las Colinas. And um, that probably really proved to us that fires can spread and go beyond whatever boundaries we think. So the question is, did any of that, is any of our updates amending that or have we already amended that, those requirements at so the state level? There are two chapters that uh, impact our wildland fire areas. Um, mm -hmm. It's in chapter three, and we did provide um, some clearing requirements within that, uh, such as to power lines um, and so forth. Um, and then chapter 49 is the more specific and impacting uh, chapter, which is our wildland urban interface uh, component of the fire code. Um, there are state and federal partners that we have to work with uh, mm -hmm. relevant to um, building defensible space or community defensible space boundaries. Um, and um, we intend on, on doing that. Um, there's some new legislation that's going through right now um, that we're looking at closely and how that may be impacted and um, working with our wildland urban interface committee that sits on the codes. Um, some of those are protected lands um, and some of it is protected seasonally. Um, so it's just understanding that, working with our partners and determining what types of community fuel breaks um, and options that we have um, for those areas. Okay, no, because like I said, we were out doing a drive around and, and that's something that I think if, if there's whatever those codes are, they also then have to roll into our development department for what we, we can allow and not uh, allow in terms of types of development. So I wanted to ask that. And then I, following up on what Councilmember Trujillo was asking, I know re, re, the Red Cross has all, pretty much always been the port for, um, for assisting in emergencies. However, uh, Councilmember Trujillo, you might well be happy to know that today we had some more calls from our, re, our seniors about some other matters. And I've asked uh, our acting city manager and the staff to develop a list of all of the on-site managers because we need to really talk in a more holistic manner on behalf of our seniors about a number of things including what happens with that displacement and just making sure uh, this was not a fire matter but we know we just experienced recently the the shortage of having gas to one of the facilities right around thanksgiving, I thanksgiving believe. Correct. 
And so it's not always a fire, but there are other things that come up that I'm asking that we perhaps have a conversation with on-site management and also whoever is the, the regional persons because things keep coming up and we really don't have a body that is serving as a, what I want to call constituent services. A housing liaison. <laughs> the housing liaison. So, but thank you for asking the question. Madam Mayor. Yes. I just have a comment, uh, and it was just mentioned right now on the possibility of legislation at the state level. Uh, we need to make sure that the consultant that we has updates us so this way we're aware as to what may be coming up. Absolutely. So this way we can work together jointly on uh, some of the uh, legislation mm -hmm. as to the impact on our cities as well. Yeah, good point, thank you. Okay, well if there's no other, I would entertain a motion to move. So moved. Okay, moved by Councilmember Baca and anyone wanna second the public hearing? Close second. The, I mean the action, second by um, Mayor Pro Temp Carrizales, if there's no objections, motion carries. Thank you. Uh, Madam Mayor, let me read the ordinance into the record. Right, okay, well, I know there was one, <coughs> I have resolution 8179, uh, but go ahead. Ordinance 1691, an ordinance of the City Council of the City of Rialto, California, deleting in its entirety Title 15, Chapter 15. Point 28 of the Rialto Municipal Code to adopt a new title 15 chapter 15.28 adopting and amending the 2022 edition of the California Fire Code including appendix B, C, D, H, N, and O fees, fines, and penalties, the California Code of Regulations, Title 19 and 24, and other related codes. Okay. Uh, <coughs> Councilmember Baca. Aye. Mayor Pro Tem Carousellas. Aye. Councilmember Trujillo. Aye. Councilmember Scott. Aye. Mayor Robinson. Aye. Thank you. All right, thank you. Okay, uh, now on to tab uh, two, and I guess I will um, leave this to either uh, council or um, our acting city manager. I believe it was arranged by the interim to have the HR director uh, do this, but I can certainly. If not, I've got, I can do it. Okay. okay. Well. <laughs> Uh, Council, the recommendation before you tonight is to adopt resolution 8180 uh, to appoint David Carmony as city manager and approving uh, the employment agreement between the city of Rialto and David Carmony that's attached to the resolution. Uh, the city council went through an extensive nationwide outreach uh, and application process. Council reviewed 37 applications of qualified individuals for city manager narrowed that list down to seven, which they interviewed, and then further narrowed it to three top candidates before selecting David uh, Carmony as the top candidate. Uh, Mr. Carmony has served as city manager within agencies in Los Angeles and Orange Counties, and including the city of Covina, La Puente, Manhattan Beach, and Seal Beach. 
If this contract is approved tonight, he would begin tomorrow, January 24th, 2024. Mm -hmm. um, and pursuant to government code section 54953, paragraph C3, uh, the law requires us to state the salary of the incoming executive, which would be $354,987.60 per year, uh, paid pursuant to the city's payment process. And Mr. Carmody would be entitled to those other employee benefits, which are already provided to the executive management employees slash department heads, uh, except as otherwise noted in the contract. Um, with that, if you have any questions, I'm happy to address those. Okay. Um, and I will say that our director of human resources, she did come in, and if she would like to come to the front in case there are some questions. Kim, uh, is there any, you have any no. requests to speak for this? Well, with that, members, uh, I see lights on. Uh, either you have your light on? Yes. You have a question or a comment? Or? I just wanted to welcome uh, David Carmody to our city. Um, and officially today, tonight, as you're in your official capacity, uh, you know, we've well, been I think looking we need to make a motion. Make a motion I'll make a motion. I'll, I'll second. <laughs> and I'll second for that. I'll second for that. <laughs> okay. I know. I, mean, I thought he had a question, but he, uh, that's okay. So let's take the motion. But uh, you made the motion, Councilmember Trujillo, seconded by uh, Mayor Pro Tem Carazellis. I believe you had your light on. And uh, any objections to the motion? Hearing none. The Objection. Okay. Um, all right. With that said, um, let's call for a roll call. Okay. Um, Mayor Pro Tem Carousel. No, I think it was. Aye. Uh, Councilmember Trujillo made the. Uh, okay. You made the motion? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. And Mayor Pro Tem made the motion. And uh, Councilmember Trujillo? Aye. Councilmember Baca? Aye. Councilmember Scott? You objected? No. Mayor Robertson? Uh, because I was not part of the discussions at closed session, I have no objections, but I will abstain because I was not a part of the discussions during the closed session. But uh, definitely, there looks like he is definitely on board. And if you guys read the room lately, I think abstentions means basically a concurrence. So welcome aboard, <laughs> Mr. David Carmony. Would you please come up and let our community uh, see you, okay? Okay. For the city of Rialto. <laughs> Thank you. Got to learn how to push the right buttons. Mm -hmm. I shared earlier this evening with the city clerk, I said I woke up at 3.30 this morning, my head just exploding with possibilities, and I'm so excited about this opportunity. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that local government is the highest level of government, that if we do our jobs correctly, we are able to enrich and ennoble the lives of those that we serve. Because local government is the highest level, often I think our services get taken for granted. Mm -hmm. If somebody gets home from work and he's in a good mood because he didn't hit any potholes, I think we've done our job correctly. But I think there's far more to government infrastructure and government services than, than just service requests and chasing those. 
I look forward to working with this council as you set goals, mm -hmm. as you adopt a strategic plan. We're going to be in touch with you about picking some dates for a whole council meeting that we might do that. And I think once that's in place, the budget will align with that, that we might begin to get to work on those bold new horizons of community service. I know that this city is blessed with a really great staff, and I look forward to working with the directors and with the people that serve this community on the front line mm -hmm. as they do work, which really um, positions this city for greatness. I'd like to take a moment just to thank uh, the interim city manager, Henry Garcia. He's done a good job to get this city through a, a season of transition. He and I had a number of conversations. He's identified some transition issues for me. Some of them are minor, some of them are quite major. And I look forward to getting to work tomorrow morning again. Thank you so much for the vote. And um, I can't wait to get started. Well, tomorrow morning, we start at 7, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> well, you know, it's a collective way. You know, I, I'm not, I, I don't start at 7. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of finish. Sorry, I, I think I was interrupted. No, I, I definitely wanted to welcome you. Uh, you know, it's, it's always, we strive for stability here in the city. We've had so many interims over the last, uh, you know, couple months and years. And um, it's always nice to have somebody at the, at the lead of the city to be able to um, man the ship and, 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 you know, be there in the, in the permanent capacity because that's what we deserve. We deserve the leadership that's stable and is able to kind of bring us, bring our staff together, bring our council together for our vision. So I just wanted to thank you for, uh, for taking us on, and, and you know, we, I look forward to working with you. Thank you. Uh, Councilmember Blanca. Yes, uh, David. I'd just uh, like to welcome you as well, and uh, hopefully, you know, with your leadership, that we can look at where we're at today and where we need to be in the future, and what we'd like to have Real to look like as we progress and move uh, forward. So we look forward to working with you uh, in enhancing our image and our pride in the city of Rialto. So thank you very much and welcome. Okay. And I would just like to say I've had the, the opportunity and pleasure today to do a ride around our community and point out some of the things that I often feel that our community, our constituents look at and I've I appreciated that you took the time with me because, like I said, um, unfortunately, uh, the matter when it was within closed session, I wasn't there due to a personal family medical emergency. But uh, I, my position was, you know, whatever was whatever the process was that came out. I think that going forward, you listen. You know what the concerns are. I'm sure you've met with each one of us, and you get each one of us perspectives. And so, you know, I look forward to uh, having you get started and working through some of the day-to-day -day things that uh, it's not just the potholes, believe it, it's even when we're trying to do the great things. But then when you look at it from the community's perspective, especially with, we all know that infrastructure has to be improved. But for me, information, communication from whoever we put and, and partner with there's an expectation that they keep our community informed of what they should wake up in the morning and find in front of them and, and before them. And that was kind of top on my, my list of uh, things uh, that, you know, infrastructure improvements have to happen. 
but we also make sure we need to get real input from our residents and then take the time to respect that and try to, to accomplish it and roll it into the delivery of whatever we're trying to deliver on behalf of the community. So thank you, welcome on board. Okay, with that, we'll move on to tab three. Tab three, uh, Safe Routes to School Project. Grace. Good evening. Art. Good evening. Go ahead. Good evening, Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem Council. The item before you is requesting to authorize a purchase order to proactive engineering consultants in the amount of $196,000 for design of the Beedman Safe Routes to School Improvements Project, City Project Number 240805, pursuant to their on-call agreement for professional engineering services, and to authorize the city manager to execute all documents. On October 13, 2023, the SBCTA Board of Directors approved projects submitted for TDA Title III call for projects, which included Bemis Elementary School Safe Routes to School project in the amount of $716,745. The proposed project will consist of installing sidewalks, ADA curb ramps, school signage, and crosswalks in the vicinity of Bemis Elementary School. A conceptual layout of the project and scope is included in attachment two of your agenda packet. Funds are budgeted and available through TDA Article 3 fund. Staff recommends approval of the proposals su submitted by Proactive to start design. So available for any questions. All right, is there uh, any questions or comments? Uh, Council Member Scott. Thank you. Uh, are there any uh, fire hydrants to be re relocated on this project? Not that I'm aware of. None at all. Do we know that? It did not sound like a definite no. No, it did not. No, so this is the the start of design. So during design, we would go through uh, evaluating where there would be any uh, potential conflicts and try to work around them. So in the event that there is a conflicting hydrant, we would try to work around it, provided that there's right away available. In the event that there isn't, then we may have to relocate a hydrant. So did you go out and look at this project before you uh, took the this portion out for bid. So th this this to project make sure that what they're bidding on is accurate. So this project is going for a design award. It's not for. I uh, under, I understand that, but uh, uh, design criteria should there should be a site visit before you send something out for bid for design. In my opinion. So did anybody go out and look at it? Agreed. See if there were fire hydrants or anything. So this design is based off of the design concept provided in attachment two of the agenda packet. That's an evaluation. So I, I take it to be that your answer was no. I'm sorry? Your answer was no then. Nobody's been out there. Yes, they have been out there. Okay. The conceptual was based did, off did, of. Did, did we see any fire hydrants? Did you go out? There's fire hydrants out there. Okay, in, in where the sidewalk will be. So that, that is yet to be determined, that is part of design. In design, we will evaluate where the right-of-way impacts are and where the hydrants are potentially conflicted. And what is the process for uh, bidding that work out? The scope of work is identified to the designer and they provide us with the cost proposal. So if you have to relocate fire hydrants, what is the process for relocating those fire hydrants? Do you bid them out? Does Veolia bid them out? Who bids them out? 
it, it depends on how we approach the work and what it entails and who it impacts. So a conversation would be had with fire, but as of this moment, we're not anticipating any issues with hydrants. At this moment? Correct. Okay, thank you. Did you have a question? Yes, uh, my question, uh, I, I saw that obviously there's ADA in there, um, but I just wanna make sure that when you work on, when our staff approves projects for ADA that they, um, they're actually like clearance of, of you know, whether you put in like a, um, a signal or a little uh, for pedestrians or anything that, that, you know, there's clearance for ADA uh, because we have new construction all around town and, and a lot of the, the issues that we have, yeah, they may clear ADA, but it's just, there's, you know, still kind of obstruction uh, on some of them. So I just wanna make sure that you take into, when you mention ADA as being part of the project, that you really do have the clearance for it. Um, so I, I wanted to point that out because there's, like I said, we've had a lot of projects around town um, that have had those issues. Anybody else? I have, if not, I have questions and concerns. Because uh, what we're doing is bidding out, if I'm not mistaken, a person to go out and begin to do the design work. Right, this is not construction yet, so we're, that's what we've got going here. Correct, this is an award of a purchase order or as stated, a change order to their PSA uh, to award uh, design work. So it's not construction. Okay, because I sit here and I, you, I, I'm well aware of the work that's going on Pepper Avenue. It's a joint project between, uh, I mean between, what's currently on Pepper Avenue is a joint project between City of San Bernardino and City of Rialto. And then when I look at this, you know, I, you're looking at dealing with the roadway on eucalyptus, if I'm, not mis if I'm not mistaken, right? But my question here is, I noticed that it says, remove the Pepper Avenue class two bike lane from the scope of work per email from Rudy on 12-20-2023. Who's Rudy? Rudy is another member of engineering services. Engineering service, why would we be removing the the cap class two bike uh, lane on Pepper Avenue? Because that scope of work is being performed on another project. So we've taken it out of the, pro whatever our scope of work, and now we uh, basically have, should have, what, we have some project savings? I mean, I'm trying to understand exactly so there is no project savings at this time because the project hasn't been designed yet. So in the event that the project was designed with bike lanes and then it was bidded out and we received a bid item for bike lanes, the bike lanes item was eliminated, there would be a cost savings. Who's handling the bike lane on Pepper Avenue on Southbound? So right now there's the existing project with San Bernardino for Pepper. But yeah, we had a conversation with the city of San Bernardino and they're, they're engineering people who's over to see in the project who has not been communicating with the citizens along there on the scope of the project that we are dealing with right now. Um, are we as for certain that that's in their scope of work? Uh, who can, I mean, I'm gonna need to know who can confirm it. I would need to confirm with San Bernardino. You would or you have? I would need to confirm with San Bernardino. Okay, well, I, I'm, I'm really not gonna keep moving on a project until I know that you have confirmed because I've been raising the concerns out there with 
the project and the failure to notify the residents of the traffic uh, closures out there. And you just wake up and there's, I mean, I keep raising it and we say it's the city of San Bernardino. I've talked to the city of San Bernardino, the electeds, and they keep asking me, have we talked, coordinated with their engineering department? Madam Mayor, could I make a motion to table this item for two weeks? Absolutely. I'll second that. Okay, it's been motioned by uh, Councilmember Scott and seconded by Councilmember Trujillo. And anybody objecting to that motion? Hearing none, this item will be tabled for two weeks. Okay, thank you. Uh, moving to item number four, tab number four. And this one here is uh, another one uh, that you're bringing forward. Correct. Okay, well. The item before you is requesting to adopt resolution number 8181 to authorize the transfer of $684,985.39 to the Capital Projects Fund 300. Authorize a purchase order to Boa Architecture. And I would like to make a motion that we table this one for two weeks. Second. Second. Okay. And the reason why is because before uh, I left and the conversation that I left on the table was, and I believe even in talking with the community development director, if I think this one stop is looking at the two buildings that are on Riverside Avenue, which are the resource, we had already said that real estate is way more important for us to be able to create some development of business activity down a restaurant or something other than moving our shop over to a one shop when we run uh, operation is 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and to move our employees there we can come up with other ways to accommodate temporarily but I I will not uh, support because when I looked at these numbers and I saw that we break now this project started at almost if I'm not paper it was a uh, it was a, a table napkin discussion which went from 500,000 to about 800,000 and then if I'm not mistaken, I talked with uh, Mr. Sullivan and everybody was really working on trying to keep it under a certain amount of money. But when I tallied up what is being proposed, the numbers of, um, excuse me, and I'll just tell you why. Uh, I think we are estimating the project. Oh God, I saw some numbers. And again, this was in the ledge star of moving some money, redirecting some money and still proceeding, and I don't believe um, the work. Is, oh, the work for this project was com completed under a budget of two million nine hundred fifteen thousand fourteen, and the balance of six. We've already spent, but at no time, if I'm reading the same project, have we really decided? And I don't know what property we're talking about. If we're talking about a one-stop shop on Riverside Avenue. And then we separated the parking lot, which is sorely needed. Uh, this still is about what? Moving staff to a one-stop facility that would not be a permanent facility because we, I hope, have plans for some type of a larger master multifunctional facility for our community. So I'd rather table it and we'd be all clear. I'd even ask that this come back before EDC before we go any further. And because we have not discussed, no, we have nothing for EDC for tomorrow, then it probably needs to be in February. If you guys don't object. So any, 
uh, any uh, objections to the motion? Okay. I, it's tabled. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, just the bigger picture. I'm hoping that we could also bring back in our vision discussion as well. The bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. It's been tabled. Thank you. On to tab five. Uh, Mayor, may I clarify for my notes? Tabled until after it has come to EDC, not to Yes. Yes, and I say that because the last time I raised the concern, and this is maybe I can wait to the end of comments, about the medium that is going down baseline, I got a long email that told me about it being had been brought to EDC, and I think I'll wait until at the conclusion. But my point was when I asked about what was going on the baseline on medium and the fact that we were going to lose money because it was a safety project, I was told that the medium basically was going to be, by art, what we had put up on Casmelia, which was totally hardscape. It was absolutely never a plan that I can recall, and I asked for the, the minutes to be pulled, where we ever talked about the, the landscaping on that medium <coughs> on a very mature boulevard in a, a community, and that we were just going with hardscape. So I've raised those objections. They seem to fall on deaf ears, and so I want to go back and revisit everything that we seem to say that we've cleared and will be very clear. Uh, you know, we did, and they've all been a part of a conversation we've had about drought-tolerant, hardscape. What do we get for it? It costs us more to maintain drought-tolerant than it does blow and mow. Mow and blow, I'm sorry. And we know that, and we're putting in hardscape in a community where one, we need to be capturing all the water. Two, we need to deal with heat islands. And three, we need to have canopies with trees to help bring down heat islands and also draw the carbon out of the air, the coefficiency of the types of trees. We've all been working on that. So, you know, I, I want to further discuss the vision and where we're going because, yeah. So let's move to number five. Is this yours too? Yes. Oh, gosh. Sorry. <laughs> You'll get one. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, this one here. Go ahead. The item before you is requesting to adopt resolution number 8182, amending the fiscal year 2023-2024 budget and appropriating $1.5 million from Capital Improvements Fund 300. Award a construction contract to Calmex Engineering in the amount of $8,064,168.78 for the various streets phase two project. Authorize the purchase order to Pre-Science Corporation in the amount of $1,552,855 pursuant to their on-call agreement for construction management, inspection, materials, testing services. Delegate authority to the city manager to approve construction change orders in the amount of $1.5 and to authorize the city manager to execute all documents. On November 15, 2022, the city council awarded a construction contract to Managed Corporation in the amount of $18,155,605.28 for bid schedules A, B, and C for various streets reconstruction project. Bid schedules D and E were not awarded as the low bid for all bid schedules A, B, C, D, and E exceeded the available budget at the time. Various Streets Phase 2 consists primarily of street segments within bid schedule D of the original Various Streets project. Various Streets Phase 2 consists of the following. <coughs> Bonner Avenue, Cedar Avenue to Ayala Drive, Easton Street, Arrowhead Avenue to Brampton Avenue, Etiwanda Avenue, Cactus Avenue to 
Lilac Avenue, Etiwanda Avenue, from Maple Avenue to Cedar Avenue, Eucalyptus Avenue, from Walnut Avenue to Baseline Road, Eucalyptus Avenue from Mill Street to Carter Street, Lilac Avenue from Foothill Boulevard to Rialto Avenue, Randall Avenue from Riverside Avenue to Sycamore Avenue, Sycamore Avenue from Wilson Street to Merrill Avenue. And the following streets were initially part of the project scope, but would need to be delayed as a separate project in anticipation of upcoming infrastructure work. Acacia Avenue from Rialto Avenue to Merrill Avenue and Etiwanda from Sycamore to Eucalyptus. A map of the proposed streets is included in attachment one of your agenda packet. On December 11, 2023, the city released a request for bids for the project and received four bids. Staff found comics to be appropriately licensed and qualified as- Mr. Attorney. Um, thank you. Uh, after looking at some of the projects and where they're located, um, I will uh, abstain from this tab and I'll be removing myself from dice. Uh, due to some of the project that's in close proximity to my home. We will note your refusal. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm looking to see where I see that map in here. I don't see it in here. Uh, okay, I have it. Thank you. Staff out CalMEX to be appropriately licensed and qualified as the lowest responsible and responsive bid in the amount of $8,064,168.70. On April 12, 2022, the City Council approved an on-call agreement with Pre-Science Corporation for Construction Management, Inspection, and Materials Testing Services. Staff reviewed and recommends approval of the proposal provided by Pre-Science in the amount of $1,552,855 to provide the required construction phase services through the duration of the project. Funds are budgeted and available and are detailed in the financial impact of staff report. I am available for any questions. Okay, um, anyone have any questions? Uh, Councilmember Scott, I do have a question. Go ahead. And I was gonna ask, is there any way that we could project this map that's in the package on the screen so people would see, we have a map of actually where this work, roadway re rehabilitation project is. We'll just give the back just a little bit to, to grab that if they don't have it and they can just If they it. could, but if not, because this is some of the questions uh, I have concerning the type of work we're doing. Go ahead, I'm sorry. As you well know, we've had a number of issues on Riverside Avenue with the project and work not being performed in a manner that was satisfactory to the city. Can you explain to me what procedures have been put in place and changed to ensure that we don't have those issues on these projects? The issues on Riverside were resolved when the contractor removed and replaced the material that did not meet specifications. Um, the same procedures would take place here. The city has so worked you're, with- You're telling me the city has no fault in that? Has fault in which component? In any of it. In any of it, to be frank. But how about testing? I'm not understanding the question. Okay, let me move to my uh, second question. I've noticed on some of these projects that the uh, traffic control is very lacking. And I would like to see us review our procedures for traffic control 
and make sure that we have adequate traffic control, not only to warn people that streets are blocked and closed, but to uh, uh, make sure that traffic uh, moves smoother through these areas. Some of these areas are residential areas and it's gonna be difficult for the residents. And residents should not suffer as a result of the city not having adequate traffic control. Understood, sir. Is that? That's it. Okay. A um, couple of questions. The re reason I was asking about this map being projected here. First off, um, as I was reading this report, and here it's very, it concerns me when uh, we have in the report that the estimated total cost of this various street phase number two project is $11,120,000, while the estimated funding available is $9,620,000. And we have an engineering bid, the parent low bid is at $8,064,000. Uh, I don't have a breakdown to see if when, as we negotiate the contract, first off, uh, that we got away from, and I'd like to be sure that we stay there without any contingencies. But what I'm always concerned with is when we get so close to what we have available versus what the project cost was and where the bid comes in is that somewhere we invariably start seeing change orders. The bids on this project, and I don't know who all was a part of it, they were, uh, there was a, about a $200,000 difference from the first bid to the second bid. Um, I'm just very concerned, and I'm gonna raise it now publicly, that this project should not exceed what the bid is. And, and people make up the cushion here, because everybody it was 200,000 difference behind them and then 100,000 and there's a big jump. So I look at that and I echo what Councilman Scott says is that the traffic control and who else is monitoring. The other thing I'm concerned with, I'm assuming this is a capital, so this is a cap-in project on major arterials. What about some of the, the community uh, residential streets that still have not had any, uh, any maintenance any slurries, and I know one section right here off of Acacia, we're looking at a project that we said on Acacia between Randall and, where was it? Acacia, Rialto Avenue to Merrill on Acacia. Um, it's a very small project, but further up, if I'm seeing this correctly, and I'm really having a hard time reading these, so Acacia's right after Eucalyptus. Uh, I don't see that project being identified on this, uh, on this map, the one of the pieces that you speak to. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but it did say Acacia Avenue between Rialto Avenue and Merrill. Right, Avenue. so. Uh, it's so not, but it's not being reflected so on So there this. are two segments that are not included in this scope. That is Acacia Avenue from Rialto to Merrill Avenue. Okay. At Awanda from Sycamore Avenue to Eucalyptus Avenue. They're, they're not included in this scope and they're being delayed in anticipation of in upcoming water infrastructure work. So we don't want to pave and then have water work performed and then repave the roadway. We want to wait for their work I, to be performed first. I understand, but I don't believe we have. 
there was some water work, work, water projects that I'm aware of that we were dealing with that. So uh, that's interesting to know, but why I raised it when I saw Acacia, because we're up at Eucalyptus and we're looking at between Walnut down to Easton, but over in the cul-de-sac residential areas, we have nothing on, um, on Acacia and it's in another through street. And I don't know when Acacia has been, uh, has been addressed. And those are the things that I'm concerned with. The later seeing where we're gonna go with the bid, if it's gonna stay at the exact bid. Um, I do appreciate, I believe Calmex is, a, well, they're in Bloomington, so it's close, close to home. But I really echo the traffic control and who's gonna oversee this and how we've overlaid the, the plan for the water lines. I'd like to see that because we have a water subcommittee and I haven't seen that. Yeah, but yet I, you're delaying work in certain areas that, um, and I don't know if we delayed it or if we tried to delay it so that we bring the bid within what the money that we have available when we know this is an $11 million project. So, so those are some concerns. So we had con conversations with water. I don't think it's been proposed to the subcommittee yet. Uh, I think they're still planning the work, but they know that it's coming. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a nice statement, being that we're the water. So when is it coming then? Here's another project that may need to be held up until we tomorrow see this presentation at 10 o'clock. The projects that somebody knows is coming for water, the water side works, but we haven't seen it yet. Doesn't that sound a little bit having the cart before the horse? Maybe? Well, I'm, again, I'd have to make a motion that this gets tabled until we have, so we're meeting Second. Tomorrow. We're meeting the water subcommittee and, and you just said we haven't seen it yet. So I really don't wanna act on something until I see what the water subcommittee needs to move forward. I, I don't anticipate this is gonna be on the agenda. Oh, well then that means that's why we're gonna table it for two weeks table it until it is brought to the water subcommittee. Well, if we, this is what we need to do is get these, these pathways aligned mm -hmm. so things come to the committees if there's such a committee that exists. And there, do, there is EDC and subcommittee. And those are things that we have, that we take time to, to have, you know, they're structured. They're not just arbitrary committees. And if something hasn't come to these committees and we're dealing with economic development or, or infrastructure, then they, they you know, they, so we can, as members, recommend that we concur. So, um, Madam so Mayor, I think you, you, you mentioned something I think that's very important too in, in reference to the bid, is to make sure that it's not modified and add any additional costs to the original bidding process that they have to as well. Well, this is this yeah. should be included in part of it. And I'd also like to ask the, the attorney here, because when you look at the map, it seems like all of us may be a conflict of interest when it runs on voting here or not. So maybe to make sure that we have clarification there. It's yeah. a street overlay and reconstruction of existing streets, so it doesn't expand the use beyond what's already there, even though it provides a better surface, so it's not a conflict of interest. It's I just wanna make sure you let us know. So it's one of the specific not. exceptions, yes. Well, I think, and that was what Mayor Pro Tem was, because of abundance of cautions, 
the average persons don't seem to know that, and I'm just saying, you say that, most of us are worried about well, somebody looking like a conflict, and, and, and there's always that concern. It, some things come up. Yes, Councilman. Not Smith. only do you say that, but I was kept from voting on a silk coat in front of my house. This is paving in front of Councilmember mm -hmm. Carasales's house. So where's the equity and justice here? One person is told they can't vote, and the next person is told they can vote. I, sorry, Councilmember, I, I don't recollect the You weren't here, coat. but another city attorney was, but you know. And he was wrong. Well. I know he was wrong, you know he was wrong, but let's get a clarification out to the city council so that everybody knows the rules. Uh, I actually argued it with the city attorney that night. And he, uh, like me. Yeah, <laughs> and he, like o he overpowered me, yet the mayor's street was being silk coated too, they didn't make her abstain. I find that uh, interesting, but um, Mr. Dupch is in the audience here tonight. Can he tell us whether or not, who? Stephen show oh, whether or not uh, we, Violi and them have looked at the water They have lines. a list that we don't, haven't come to the subcommittee. Would you mind coming up? Uh, and while he's coming up, are you talking about the silk coat on Jackson Street? <laughs> oh, we did my street too and yours, yeah. Uh, to answer your question, the yes. project that's in question has been identified as one of the capital projects but I don't believe its impact on paving has been brought before the water subcommittee. Um, one of the things that we're working on is trying to improve communication so that those types of things would come to you, mm, you um, through departments and anything like that. So we're identifying um, what we think should be regularly occurring interactions so that the utility department fully understands and can bring those, bring those items to so you. So do you have necessary funds for any water lines or sewer lines that, or any lines that have to be fixed? Yeah, so the, it has been anticipated in the CIP, um, but I don't think how it impacts the paving and delays on paving have been brought to you, and I think it's something that does need to be brought to you. Okay. Because I think there's even some with regards down to the, the um, wastewater treatment plant with the effluent deal, mm -hmm. so there's impacts there, and I think that there needs to be a comprehensive message to the water subcommittee on that. So we'll work on that. It's not on tomorrow's agenda, but we'll get it on there for uh, February. Right, it, as we well know, but, um, it's again, this is where we, we started with some things and I right. think we found ourselves waking up when we dealt with Riverside Avenue and yeah. we've dealt with uh, trying to deal with uh, from Etiwanda down to Foothill on Sycamore. Mm -hmm. you know, So it's not, we wanna coordinate these things but it's the reasonings and logic still hasn't, we haven't seen that and so when does that occur? Mm -hmm. When yeah. is, the work we need to do is it within a reasonable capital improvement plan, CIP on the water sites. Yeah, and, and the impacts of those CIP on other aspects like paving needs to be brought to your attention. Yeah. Okay. The other question I have for staff is, you know, these are just really small segments randomly placed throughout the city, um, basically because of the the uh, the scoring of the streets. But um, my question is, why aren't they larger stretches of the streets? You know, whereas you know, you don't really have little pockets here and there where, where uh, you, know, uh, you know, there's wear and tear. There usually tends to be across a larger stretch of streets. I mean, that's just the way vehicles kind of travel. So my, my question is why, why, 
why go through this method of just doing little patchwork instead of doing long stretches of, of streets? So in the various streets project, the original procurement, there was more of the larger stretches that you're describing because we had more uh, major arterials and secondary. Uh, this is more residential streets. So here it's kind of identifying uh, the scores as, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, the worst areas and trying to address those as best as possible. What we're doing here is full uh, reconstruction of those segments. But yes, these are smaller, but they were part of the original procurement. The original procurement did have those larger stretches that you're describing. And the, the scoring is just isolated to these small patches instead of kind of a longer road. I mean, usually when you're, you're talking about wear and tear of roads, usually it's by stretches. <laughs> these are kind of just little patch, little patchwork here and there. I mean, doesn't, I mean, some of these segments aren't very really long at all. So, so I'm trying to figure out how, what your system is, because usually when there's usually road work, there, you, you know, usually it's a whole neighborhood here. It's just a couple of houses here and there. Uh, that was, that's my question. That's correct. The so system, the way, the way you kind of select uh, road work. So the system is based off of the pavement condition index, the PCI scoring that you're describing. Uh, as far as the stretches, the objective is to take care of a stretch, but it's also to take care of deterioration of the roadway, of the worst conditions. So for this particular scope, these were the areas that were identified to be the worst within the residential areas. Uh, as far as the major arterials and secondary arterials, we've constructed a lot of those larger stretches recently. So the Riverside Avenue projects, for example, or the work done on Cedar. Those are larger stretches that, that we've taken care of as part of the various streets project. It, it just seems there's a lot of work being done for such a small area instead of kind of going with the long haul in some of these neighborhoods. It, I mean, it's like an inconvenience for the residents. Um, you would think there'd be a lot more work being done in those segments. That's the only concern I had is the way kind of this one kind of is separate from the previous ones that we had. Okay, well, we, yeah, well, I said we thought we had a motion on the table, but Council Member Scott. Well, I just want to ask another question so when it comes back, we can get an answer, maybe. Um, on Easton, it looks like we're doing some paving from the county area over to almost the Renaissance. Is that correct? So on... Uh-huh. So on Easton, yes, we're doing work from Arrowhead Avenue to Brampton Avenue. And is it going all the way to Cactus? No. Okay, so here's my question. If, if you drive over there, you'll see that the county has just repaved um, from Brampton to just before Cactus, maybe even a little further. So that... That, that stretch of... Easton is in bad shape from Cactus to there. Why didn't we include that to match what the county was doing or have the county pave that at the same time? There's like three houses there that are in the city area. Um, so that as you're going down Easton, it's, it's paved all the way through the neighborhood. 
so the segment that you just described as being recently paved was paved as part of the very streets project that was our city project uh the county was out paving so it's in, it's in county it's a county street did we part, part of that project is within county limits and we have a cooperative agreement with the county did we pave it yes we did why were the county there's county vehicles out there were they inspecting it so county is inspecting their segment so why didn't we pave from cactus to where whoever else paved that is within uh county uh boundaries Aaron, you and i've talked about this you claim it's in the city boundaries and it's got city addresses on the house houses so i don't think that's accurate we will we will double check that i, I do remember the area but i don't remember which houses the first three houses have city of Rialto addresses. I do recall that. And the county did not pave, or whoever paved the street, it, has, it had to be a county project with maybe us paving it, I don't know, but um, they did not pave all the way to Cactus and it makes no sense. Yeah, we, we will examine that before it comes back to you. Okay, and I think that would be great. Let's take a time to take what we have here and go and, and do the field review. Because I've, I've looked at projects on here that are pieces, like there's a little piece down here at the end of Eucalyptus, south of Merrill, and it's just one little piece. So the logic behind, if you've gone on Eucalyptus, it, it's not a heavy corridor, because it, it basically deads in out on San Bernardino Avenue at some point. Uh, so these pieces and locations are, seem to be very random. Just, random i'm sure there's a logic behind it but uh, you know and i would just like to say that you know even if there was something listed please know the first thing i do is i usually check the numbers i look for the engineering estimates i look for where this how much difference is it so if i overlook that these were not on here why i want to also wonder why they're not here so we'll also make sure mayor by the time this comes back to you we will have the online pci tool available on our website so mm -hmm. you can actually go to the city and see exactly what the PCI inventory is visually. Well, and I think that's the other part. Again, we've we've gone from trying to handle things in zones, and then we changed, and we wanted to go back and try and get pick up things. And every time we change something, we leave something that's already on the pavement management index was already deteriorating to begin with, and then we change, and, and it goes to a point where you can't even do uh, an overlay. You gotta go totally to the to the base. So anyway, let's let's just table it for two weeks and we go out and, and look at this, okay? Last one uh, is tab six. And uh, 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 if, if I may, Mary, you just said table it for two weeks. Well, your motion was to table, table it until it goes table. to the subcommittee. Uh, yeah, to okay. the subcommittee. Thank you. I'm sorry. Good evening, Madam Good Mayor. Good evening. Hi. City Council. Uh, I don't know if Mayor Pro Tem is going to return to join us. He's on uh, his way back. Good evening, Mayor Pro Tem. Uh, tonight on tab six, we're requesting City Council to authorize the purchase of five Type 2 ambulances in the amount of $935,198.05 to National Auto Fleet Group through the Sourcewell Competitive Contract and approve individual purchase orders for the required EMS and emergency communication equipment in the amount of $871,633.24.
For background, your fire department's current ambulance fleet consists of nine vehicles, which require urgent updates. Uh, despite past refurbishments, saving significant cost, a recent fleet, ass fleet assessment underscores the need for replacements of due to age, wear, and maintenance demands. In developing this proposal, we work closely with our fleet maintenance uh, division as well as our purchasing staff. Our goal was to find solutions that not only enhance operations but also align with our commitment to reducing the city's carbon footprint and ensure fiscal responsibility. While we do aspire to transition to even more efficient vehicles in the future, like electric or hydrogen-fueled apparatus, such a move requires significant, significant infrastructure, which we've already heard several times this evening. This proposal, uh, this proposed acquisition of Type 2 ambulances serves as a bridge in that transition, meeting our immediate needs while paving the way for more sustainable practices in the future. As an, as an overview, we're proposing purchasing the five Type 2 ambulances, along with the advanced life support devices, emergency communica communication equipment, and medical gear needed to fully outfit these units. This investment is a strategic upgrade to our emergency response capabilities and reliability. The Type 2 ambulances offer numerous benefits. Uh, as you know, in the past, we've had modular style units. These van style units are prepared, as compared to our previous modular designs, offer better maneuverability in urban environments. They're also more fuel efficient, cost effective in purchase and maintenance, and provide improved patient accessibility and visibility. Beyond their functional benefits, these ambulances represent a prudent financial decision, offering approximately 30% in savings as compared to our traditional modular models. We also will realize a quicker acquisition time and shorter build time, if you will. Uh, the modulars currently are projected at 600 days out. We're looking at six months for the Type 2 ambulances, which will help address our city's growing needs and the state of our current fleet. I'll also note that this upgrade will not impact our general fund budget. This cost is fully covered by the EMS and GMT fund account, showcasing our commitment to fiscal responsibility and high-quality emergency services. In closing, I'd offer this investment in our ambulance fleet as a proactive step towards our top-tier emergency services goals, reflecting our dedication to deficient operations, fiscal prudence, and the health and safety of our Rialto residents. It's a balanced approach, addressing immediate needs while keeping an, an eye on our long-term environmental goals. And with that, staff recommends adoption of Resolution 81, amending the fiscal year 23-24 budget, appropriating $1 million $806,831.29 from the GEMT fund account and authorize the purchase of five Type 2 ambulances from the National Auto Fleet Source Group and approve the individual purchase orders as outlined in the staff report for the needed EMS gear and emergency communication equipment, as well as authorize the city manager to execute all documents. And with that, I'm happy to take any questions. Good evening, Chief. Yes, sir. Um, I'm just curious. Were, were, did you do the presentation when they convinced us to go from this very type of ambulance to the box ambulances? Did you do that presentation? No, sir, I did not. That was probably 15 years ago. Oh. FO60 was our last van style. It, it was a similar presentation where they convinced us those boxes were the more efficient way to go. But I'm glad to see you're going back to the other ambulances. We appreciate the suggestion. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe a little smaller. Now, we're changing out five ambulances for a five ambulances, correct? 
Well, we currently have two that are scheduled for immediate uh, surplus, and then uh, Mike's here with us, and we're evaluating the needs. We anticipate surplusing at least two more out, and that will give us a, an upgraded reserve fleet as well as an immediate five new ambulances, which is our front line. So we're not getting rid of five ambulances when we get the five new ambulances? I think we're still going to have two left for reserve. And do we have any for reserve now? Yes, sir. We currently have nine. We have five front line. Oh, okay. So, so we maintain the fleet and, and provide room. Somehow for we'll be getting rid of five vehicles. Yes, sir. Okay. I just want to make sure that we don't see them driving around the city being uh, uh, used for other things. <laughs> yes, <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. Okay. I just wanted to check on that. Thank you. I'd like to make sure we reduce our fleet. Maybe you could sell them to Confire anyway. Well, as, as I heard someone much smarter than me in the diet say before, we need to stop driving our fleet into the graveyard and start driving into the trade yard to get. I don't think that's fire vehicles. I think that's police vehicles. Is there a difference in maintenance between the two different types? So these are smaller and lighter vehicles. And this also gets us out of the diesel units. This gets us on an all gas platform. Um, I do have uh, Mike Arona here from Fleet, and I believe the part of our decision to move this route was the lower cost, was the lower maintenance and, uh, associated with the newer technology as well as the lighter units. It'll save on bad backs, too. Okay. And then also, uh, I guess you're, you're bringing him in from Watsonville? Is that what your purchase is, or the national? No, it's through Sourcewell, which is a national co-op, provides... Uh, the, the units will be built uh, locally here in El Monte through Leader Angles. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which just brings us back in state. Okay. And and when they're uh, being maintenance, are they going to be maintenance here at our fleet uh, management? Yes, okay. Yes, sir. Once we get through warranty and those types of issues, yes, sir. And then and then did you also convert it to leasing, or is there is there even a leasing option in this type of? part of a, a vehicle? The ambulance, uh, we had to search for six months to find available suitors to build these things. Um, they're very scarce right now in the state of California with the supply chain and, and you know, so we had probably brought, brought this forward sooner. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, I don't have any questions other than the comment and you know, I'll, I will uh, take ownership of that because I really would appreciate and not so much for you and your test responsibility, but for, um, Mike, who's standing behind you, I hope that we start looking at our fleet overall and it becomes, uh, uh, let's see, equal opportunity or equitable so that we don't say the police is driving their cars in the ground. We just start having a better management within fleet. And when we know that it's time to surplus, we can surplus and recover. Because he said that, I didn't say that. Um, we can surplus them out and, and actually get, there is, still a market always available, but we have, and it's not just been police and fire. Um, I think we we had a hard time letting go the first generations of the uh, escapes. I believe uh, the, you know, not that Miss, the city clerk is very frugal, but she was willing to drive one. One of them, by the time the person returned it, it could have went to the Smithsonian to prove how, how many miles we could put on she she took it no, so no I I commend you for you know looking at technology and everything is moving and we really need to and we also need to as I said earlier approval, Madam Mayor. 
Yeah, no, I'm gonna take finish my points. You you want to second it? I want to let you finish second. the point. Okay, thank you. Because even if you want, you know, out of courtesy, courtesy. you know, I, uh, I don't yield the floor. Okay, till I'm finished. You didn't have your light on, uh, so I just wanted to thank you for that and thank you for being moving forward on it. Um, Ma'am, we're happy to provide the additional training. Okay. Yes. Program. Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Anyway. But anyway, uh, moving approval and uh, Mayor Pro Tem, please go on. And, and I'll second it. Okay, and he seconds it. And so, any objections to it? Hearing none. Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that concludes the business. So then, that um, the uh, council member would probably like to get out so he could celebrate his birthday. I will ask Council Member Scott if you go first. I just have one item tonight, Madam Mayor, and that oh, is- Oh, I'm uh, sorry, I forgot what's going on in Rialto. Where's I, I would like uh, oh, Development Services to review the Lennar project up in the north end of the city. Um, I met with some of the residents up there and there are a number of issues with that project. And I also toured the project a couple days ago and it doesn't appear to me that it's been built per the plan that EDC and the city council originally approved. It had grass areas, it had concrete walking areas. What I see up there now are dirt walking areas and nothing but uh, um, uh, drought tolerant vegetation. Additionally, there doesn't appear to be a fence totally around the project and the residents up there have uh, a number of individuals coming out of the wash that are vandalizing the neighborhood and uh, causing significant problems. One of the other things I noticed is that the playground for children is not fenced. It's not even lit at night. There's no lighting. And what you end up with is broken bottles from older kids, probably teenagers or young adults, uh, up there drinking in the uh, a container that's supposed to be a playground area for, for children. So I think we need to have a conversation with Lennar and the developer about what they were supposed to do and what they have not done and uh, encourage them to get it fixed for those residents up there. But we certainly did not vote on the plan that I saw. Understood. Is that it? Thank you. Councilmember Trujillo. So yeah, I've been um, I've been attending the Omnitrans meetings, uh, you know, uh, on a regular basis, and you know we're uh, we're actually expanding some of our uh, the um, the fueling stations. They're they're quickly uh, moving into the uh, the hydrogen mm -hmm. and to these other electrical um, kind of um, fleet. So uh, there's going to be a number of expansions. They have a, a site right off of across the street uh, diagonally from uh, the San Bernardino terminal uh, where they're gonna be expanding uh, the fueling station there. And then they have another one off of Foothill and Rancho, uh, another uh, facility there. Um, and so, th you know, they're quickly trying to adapt to the changing, um, the, 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 uh, the targets that the state is putting on, on their fleet. So um, it used to be it was going from gas to natural gas um, and now it's, they're, they're trying to quickly move to hydrogen and um, some of our electrical. So 
um, they're trying to adapt and they're 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 changing as well. So I just want to know there's a lot of changes coming up with some of the the fleet for Omnitrans. They're uh, quickly getting the infrastructure prepared for that uh, those target dates that are coming up um, uh, in the next couple of years. So uh, other than that, that's that's kind of what we've been doing at Omnitrans, um, and uh, we've been um, we're at 80% service levels pre-pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of changes that happen with uh, our pedestrian um, or our, our bus ridership. Um, the the demand hasn't gone up to the point uh, prior to the pandemic, so they're working on, on trying to make it more student friendly, trying to focus on those that use use our bus system for work. And um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know there is you know they're finishing up the West End connector uh, between. Pomona, Ontario, and Rancho Cucamonga. They're finishing that up and they'll be looking at our area. Um, recently met with, uh, uh, with between Tanya and Aaron Rogers, the CEO, uh, about what, uh, what kind of to look out uh, here in our city. Um, and they're also gonna be promoting the bike uh, sharing program that we have. It's very unique. We're one of the few cities in the whole system that have the bike share. Omnitrans itself has been looking and eyeing it for the last couple of years but they're uh, recently kind of been using their social media to kind of promote it. So um, we're trying to get the word out about the bike share program in our city through Omnitrans. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Council Member Proctor. Mayor Pickett. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Madam Mayor, I'll be uh, quick. Uh, I just want to thank a few people that have uh, been very uh, uh, receptive and quick to work on things that I've called on. Uh, one is uh, Mr. Aaron Brown, interim city manager. Uh, every time I need something, I place one call and he figures out who to send it off to. And uh, also Mr. Tim Sullivan, he's been very uh, receptive and immediately works on the things that are important. Uh, some of these things may just be cosmetic, but I think that the people that live in this city deserve to have a clean city. They deserve mm -hmm. to walk around and not see, or drive around and, and not see graffiti. Um, and also one of the things that I've been working on and we've, you guys have made a, a big impact is a lot of these um, uh, small yard signs that get put up in intersections with someone selling homes or, or just all kinds of stuff. So I'm glad to see that we are um, calling them and having them remove their signs or we, our staff is out there moving them themselves. And, uh, but that, that really uh, tells the rest of the people that are out there putting signs that uh, we're not allowing those here. And it just really, uh, it really, I, I can tell as I'm driving through Fontana and come into Rialto, you could see all the, the clean, the cleanliness of, of all of our, uh, our stop signs and all our, our lights. So, uh, good job taking care of that and uh, look forward to working now with uh, our, our new uh, city manager, welcome. I, uh, I really look forward to all the knowledge and, and the stability that you're gonna bring to the city. Uh, we'll, we'll have to, I, I missed our, our lunch uh, appointment, but uh, we're scheduled for next week and uh, really look forward to working with you and having you bring that stability to the rest of the team because we, we have a really good team here in Rialto and I look forward to, to you bringing it together. So thanks, that's all I have, Madam Mayor. All right, thank you. Um, basically, for my report, uh, I just 
want to say that I went to Washington, D.C. last week for the U.S. Conference of Mayors. I experienced a, one of a first for me. I'll talk about it later. But I also wanted to say that uh, Ms. Seberg went with me, Toyasha, and she went for the purpose of recapturing a very comprehensive <coughs> summary. And I've asked that that I'll go out to all of you council as well as to the city manager and acting city manager and others so that you will see exactly what are some of the things that we covered. I also had the, the pleasure of having our federal lobbyists set up some appointments. So I did see what our, met with our congressional member as well as with the Department of Energy and the details of those meetings are in that report. So with that, I wanna call on um, Ms. Alvarez to do, uh, and oh, one other thing, I would like to ask um, through uh, our community development director, I would like to set up a meeting, I don't know if he may have left, but with our new city manager, I would like to set up a meeting, a meet and greet with the owners of the Renaissance uh, facility so that we can really talk about uh, their efforts to build out that next pad, that big hole in the area that we should be get, generating some revenue off of. So that's one thing I wanted to make sure that we get back on our, on our plate of things to do. So with that, Ms. Alvarado. <clears throat> All right, good evening, uh, Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem, and members of the council. Here's what's going on in Rialto. Uh, the point in time count will be taking place this Thursday, January 25th. We'll be meeting at the Carl Johnson Center at 5.30 a.m. and then we'll be working with PD to go count the um, houseless community in the city of Rialto. Our mobile recreation uh, program will be held this Saturday at Bud Bender Park from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Shoot Your Shot Billiards Tournament will be held this Saturday, January 27th at the Grace Vargas Senior Center from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you sign up to uh, compete, you will get a lunch. Mm -hmm. Splash ball registration is now open. You can register online or at the Tom Sawyer pool. Swim lesson registrations begin February 2nd and will go through the 3rd, and lessons will start on February 5th. And here are some of the save the dates. So Pollentines will be Wednesday, February 14th <laughs> at Andresen Park from 2 to 5 p.m. Senior Sweethearts Dance will be Thursday, February 8th at Grace Vargas Senior Center from 3 to 6 p.m. Uh, registration for our annual glow, Teen Glow Hunt will start March 1st, and Grams for Grands. Uh, our Tiny Tots will be visiting our Grace Vargas Senior Center and giving them some Valentine's cards along with the Valentine's Day performance starting at 11.30. Okay, all right, great. So with that, uh, anyone else? Uh, not for me, Mayor. City Manager. Well, if not, I'll entertain a motion to adjourn. It's been moved by um, Councilmember Trujillo and seconded by Mayor. We are adjourned. <laughs> no objections? None. <laughs>